0: Today we're talking about the easy kid. Why? (laughs) Don't we all want one of those? Well it's a little more complicated than you might first think. (laughs) So okay parents have a lot of questions about how to handle defiant children, what to do about tantrums or constant conflict and those are totally legitimate concerns. But today we're going to talk about the easy kid or the compliant child.
1: So why are we gonna have a whole episode on the lack of behavior issues? Because compliance is what all parents dream of, right? Or what it, well, is it?
0: <laughs> well, okay, I think we need to make a distinction here about what we're talking about when we say compliant child. We're gonna talk about macro and micro behaviors and we're gonna just tell you a little story, listeners. We're gonna walk through all that. Let's walk through this. Right. So all kids are gonna test our limits, that's a given. And we are made to want to rule ourselves. That's dominion, right? Genesis 1. We're supposed to have dominion over the earth and over ourselves. But the way that we test limits is vastly different.
1: Right. So this is the tale of two children. (laughs) Say you have one kid. We're going to call him Justin, who came out of the womb bold and fearless. And he wakes up one morning and decides, today is the day. And you know what I'm talking about, Mom. Today is the day. I'm going for it and I'm taking the woman down with me. (laughs) Every rule is going to be broken, and not just broken, but broken big. So let's say in Justin's home, his parents have said you're not allowed to get a snack without asking. Well, he's going to go empty every bag of goldfish out into a big bowl, give some to the dog, and set himself in front of the TV, eating fish by the handful.
0: Yeah, you get the picture. Justin is what we call a macro kid. When he jumps, it's with big loud Geronimo. And you're gonna feel the splash. If he's going for it, he might as well make it worth it. Because he knows the consequences are coming. But that pleasure of breaking those rules outweighs them all.
1: Yep. Poor Justin. Poor Justin. <laughs> Poor do you Justin's his- mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a Justin moms? Do you have do you have one of those? Okay. Then there's your other kid. Mm-hmm. We're gonna call him Jake. You tell Jake, come on and sit down at the table for lunch. Well, he quietly makes it all the way over to the table, puts one foot on the bottom rung of the chair, and stands there ready for his PBJ. Okay, which one's the defiant child? Mm.
0: Well, obviously Justin, right? Justin goes way across the line. He's reveling in his disobedience. That's right.
1: And Jake came to the table like you asked him to. What a good kid.
0: Sure, sure. And while you're dealing with the goldfish that dear Justin has just trailed all over the living room, Jake is having the nice lunch you fixed unspoiled by contraband snacks that's
1: right well i think if we're honest most parents having to deal with these two vastly different children will focus on justin
0: yeah you have to
1: yeah they're gonna (laughs) (laughs) they are demanding your attention you can't overlook them and their behaviors because they're so in your face with like what are you gonna do about it Mm -hmm. i got the goldfish na 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 na
0: yeah yeah but moms we do not want you to miss what's going on with dear jake who you have labeled your easy child mm-hmm. because in jake's mind he has crossed the line just as much as his brother justin but because it's subtle it's dismissible and you're busy yeah. and distracted you overlook it i mean I, think about it i mean aren't you just sitting there going well didn't he, did he actually hear me say sit i mean he's pretty much there I mean, I can hear the
1: conversation in my head right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, what did you actually ask him to do? You said, "Come and sit at the table for lunch." And what did he do? Yeah, I
0: mean, if he can walk to the table, he knows the word "sit." He understands what you said. Right. That you've that you've asked him to sit. He knows it. You know it. <laughs> but he's testing your limits. And what happens? He's thinking, mm, "What happens if I obey mostly? Yeah, seventy percent, eighty percent, right?"
1: Most of the time. Well, most of the time nothing happens. That's right. Because you're so busy with Justin. You're like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. We got one of them eating their lunch. At least he's at the table. He's, you know, not getting crumbs everywhere. That's fine. It's not worth making a big deal over. That's right. let it go. That's right. Well, what is that teaching Jake? That's what you need. Everything that you do is teaching something. So what is that teaching your Jake child? You're saying to him, your half-hearted obedience is good enough. At least it's not as bad as his brother. Hmm. (laughs)
0: And honestly, I think a lot of us think that way too, Bonnie. Oh, yeah. I'm not as bad as that person. I'm a better mom than that mom. (laughs)
1: That's right. God doesn't really want my whole heart. (laughs) At least I didn't ignore him all the way. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So don't ignore your easy kid because let's face it, it's really nice to not have all that conflict.
0: Yeah. But honestly, there's still conflict going on under the surface that you may not be addressing. So this was one of the most helpful principles for me when you and I first learned it Mm -hmm. all those years ago Mm -hmm. because you know I didn't have the big huge jumping over the line child and I think maybe wouldn't have noticed as quickly that there was some rebellion going on in much more quiet ways right
1: quiet to you but to them you have to remember the way the child is thinking it is just as big a rebellion
0: yeah right that's exactly right, and so um oh man, like this like the sneaking and the the <laughs> subtle you know anarchy in their hearts you know, <laughs> that's not that's not what you want you want you wanna lay a foundation where they can be responsive to God mm-hmm. and so you you do and listen again, we've said it so many times, there's nothing like parenting to get yourself in order, right. and I really upped my um Conviction and my my obedience game when I became a parent, uh, obedience to the Lord.
1: Right. Well, you're modeling
0: exactly <laughs> everything you do exactly. is modeling, and and I really became convicted of that. So
1: yeah, good
0: stuff. So let's talk about compliance.
1: Right. This is kind of different. So it's... the dictionary definition is the act of obeying an order, rule, or request. And when you think of compliance, when you think of compliance, Renee, mm-hmm. do you think it's a negative or a positive connotation? Um
0: honestly, I think of like in a restaurant where they hang those little signs up that they're in compliance right. with, you know, they've had their food, their inspection by the health code, health people. code people and they're in compliance. And I'm like, whew, I'm glad. I would say 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I think there was probably a more positive view of compliance or obedience. I'm kind of blending that. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you say we've seen kind of a shift as we are dealing with new generations of parents.
1: I think so, for sure. I think more people think of the word compliance and they associate it with conformity, Mm -hmm. which seems, I don't know. You know, you got to fall in line and be like everybody else, like cookie cutter stamp of it. And that's not America. That's not who we are. We're individuals. We want our freedom.
0: Yeah, we do.
1: I do think there's been a a shift for sure. For sure, also because authority figures have let us down. Absolutely. And... Maybe they're not so trustworthy, and we don't want to put our faith and trust in authority anymore. That's right. So should we be compliant? Should
0: we expect our children to be compliant? Well, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think it's a big question.
0: So if you look at the thinking for most of history, educators and parents viewed children not as little adults, but as potential adults who need to be shaped into good citizens. Okay, we know this. Their brains aren't fully developed. Their judgment and reasoning isn't sound, a la dumping all the goldfish in the bowl and feeding the dog <laughs> and, feeding and eating the dog. themselves. <laughs> right. Because they don't have the, the life experience or the knowledge or, as I just said, the brain development to make applications in
1: context. Right. Okay. So adults, and you would presume parents for the most part used to be tasked with guiding children to good behaviors that would help them succeed. We want them to succeed socially, we want them to succeed economically. And in order to do that, they needed to obey even when at first, they might not understand why. So you're calling them into this um, obedient instruction. And you're saying, hey, this is how you're going to get along in society. When you leave these doors at whatever, four or five, six years old, I want you to be able to play nicely. I want you to be able to um, interact with adults so they don't think you're a little monster. Yeah, I mean, you, we were just listening
0: to a podcast um, or a YouTube video or mm-hmm. something recently that where the sociologist, psychologist was saying um, that between ages two and four is when this is really, really critical, that there's a ton of learning about what is okay socially Mm -hmm. what am i allowed to do with other children and and what am i allowed to do with adults and what's what's not okay Mm -hmm. and it's the parents job to be sure their children aren't little monsters if they don't learn how to comply then children their peers other children will reject them Mm -hmm. and adults will lie to them and I'll tell you what, what they meant by that. They said adults will be kind. Children will be brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but adults, Weird, we know that. <laughs> adults will lie because they'll smile, fake smiles, mm-hmm. and tolerate them. But they won't want to be
1: around them. So they're not genuine. And a kid can detect and they know that.
0: It. They know it. So they're going to they're live with rejection and lies throughout their childhood. And that is a terrible, terrible toll on that little person sure it is on any
1: person it would be but on yeah. a little person developing their way in the world it would be terrible and no parent wants that no for their child so it is better for them to learn be called to obedience and say hey we're not going to hit we're going to share we're going to take turns and treat each other fairly and all of these rules of society and because it, it's not all about you it's about all of us together
0: Yeah. And this I mean, this is making me think about uh, rough and tumble play, which is so critical, especially for boys. Mm -hmm. But um, that's what a lot of dads provide is this really aggressive rough and tumble play. And they learn like, hey, you can't stick your thumb in my eye. That's too far. (laughs) That's right. You
1: can't kick me there with my
0: lip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't kick me there. And they and they learn to rein it in. And they get socialized in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just talking to uh, our daughter about this when we were preparing for this episode. And I said, do you remember how your dad used to play with you? We had a game. He had a game. Not we. This <laughs> I had no part in oh, this I game. Oh, I used to love this stuff myself. I mean, he created this game called Trip Ball, where the kids would run around the playroom As fast as they could. It was a pretty good sized playroom. And David would take a ball that he could hold in the palm of his hand and throw it at their feet as hard as he could and try to trip them. And they had to try and stay on their feet. What could go wrong? They loved it. And I was constantly like, oh, somebody's going to hit their head. Somebody's going (laughs) to scrape their knee on the carpet and get rug burn. Or he would throw them, launch them over the sofa to the ginormous beanbag on the other side of the room. So fun, so fun. I've got pictures of them three feet in the air, four feet in the air, and they were squealing with delight.
1: Yeah, it's it's teaching them limits of what they can take.
0: That's exactly right. But wise parents do teach their children by requiring obedience. Okay, listen, at first it feels like you're constantly correcting, but what I try to tell parents is on the other side of this very brief period of time, very few years in mm-hmm. the preschool years is so much peace and harmony in right. your home. It is a joy to be together
1: right? when and I, you can get along. I think people think of that word obedience just like they do compliance mm-hmm. and with a negative connotation um, without realizing what it brings of what you just described. So when we say obedience, we're not talking about a drill sergeant Mm-mm. parent barking orders because I'm bigger than you. That's not what it looks like at all when it's done right. It looks like you're calling them to you and getting, a, you know, eye contact and.
0: Like a respo- <laughs> reaching a responsive heart. Call and
1: response. Yeah, yeah. Reaching their heart and saying, OK, I need you to go do this. And this is why I need you to go do it. Mm-hmm. And getting. Getting obedience that way. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, what I was looking for was um, like kind of hearken, to use a poetic word, hearken to my voice. Mm-hmm. So we would just practice that. I would just call their name and they would be somewhere all over the house. You know, they'd go hide somewhere. Right. We'd see how fast they could come running to me. That's like when they were two. But then eventually it was just, I could just say their name. Yes, mom, I'm coming. And then we we move on with the instruction maybe they did it maybe they didn't maybe mm-hmm. they did it part way we can deal with that but that um initial impulse to be responsive be receptive to my call on on their lives was really really powerful that doesn't that what god wants from us
1: that is that right there is key because yeah you can either be responsive or you can ignore yeah yeah and which one goes better which one has less conflict right which one has more harmony think about that in your own home day to day oh, how, yeah. how much difference it would make it just would
0: i mean i i can say that um our house was characterized by harmony mm-hmm. it was not 100 percent harmonious that's no houses not, that's, that's utopia that does not exist right but but we were characterized by really being responsive to one another they were not just responsive to me and david
1: that's a really good point too and it's not that you're obeying your children, but you are responsive to yeah, your children. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you tuned, tuned what they think. In, mm-hmm. seeing what
0: they need,
1: adapting. Yeah, absolutely. It goes both ways. I, yeah. So that's what we mean when we say obedience. We're not talking about, you know, the Third Reich right. <laughs> situation. Not obeying out of fear of punishment. That's not going to
0: last. And not that's just not because, stick.
1: yeah, with no explanation or mm-hmm. any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: So, but... it, it, And we're
1: shaping their character. Doing that over and over and over and over. Oh, yeah. This is the long game here.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though you are, I would say, really, really, if you if you have children under the age of five, like, get on it, moms. Stop what you're doing yeah. and get on that. That's what makes the difference. And then that will make the difference in all the other training. For sure. That you're doing um, between ages uh, five and 18. So... All right, you sent me this cool article, Bonnie. Can you tell me about this Hedgehog Review article? It's called You're Not the Boss of Me, Parental Authority and Liberal Society. Oh, if
1: I can think about it. So, yes, there's this, um, this came out in January of this year, 22. And it was talking about, um, there's this modern turn, I guess, towards what this writer calls acceptance parenting which is a presumption that a parent's job is not to impose their own standards for a good life on their children but to nurture the future adult that is in this child right (laughs) Um, to be the best version of itself that it can be. So then if you look at it that way parenting is then this big scramble to figure out what it is it do I need to teach each individual child according to each individual child instead of a, any kind of societal standard or behavioral standard, or what we were just talking about, like how you get along on the playground or mm-hmm. anything like that.
0: Yeah, I love this quote from the article. It says the parent is demoted from wise authority figure to tentative spokesperson for the child's future self. Anxious parenting. Oh, it's and it is. People are filled with anxiety mm-hmm. about um, suppressing some part of their child right. by requiring obedience. And it's going to harm them in some way. And and yes, dictatorial, you know, authoritative parenting that it does, does not you respond know, stem from love or respond. Right. Of course that's harmful. But the thought that you're just supposed to um, help actualize this little bitty adult that's hidden in there somewhere.
1: Right. And we're talking like, <laughs> you know, below 10 years old, certainly below five years old oh yeah but (laughs) that's not going to happen that might come later and you're kind of hoping that it comes later you know when they're when you're starting to get them to show a personality and they're starting to show preferences and and that kind of thing um school aged, up into the middle school i would say Mm -hmm. age is when they're starting to develop their own unique identity and when you can then um and they're starting to naturally separate you from you developmentally questioning are, are my values your values that's natural developmental time to then say okay let's talk about it let's ask questions let's go into the, some deeper whys about things
0: yeah the, the article went on to say like okay how we got here because that's my next question how in the world did we get here where we feel like as a parent we are um just kind of a peer Advocate for our child. We're not some authority figure in it's their life. It's almost like
1: a, an aide. You're just an aide, yeah, or a page. Yeah, yeah. And they're the a ones steward. in charge. Yes, yeah.
0: So they said that it's because we live in a liberal, democratic society. What What do we value in liberal democracy?
1: Mm-hmm. Equality, liberty, liberty. liberty. Mm-hmm. Those aren't bad things necessarily. That's good
0: for politics, but it's not good for a Mm -hmm. three-year-old. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And so it's easy to get confused. I mean, the goal for sure in parenting is for your child to be liberated Mm -hmm. and to have the freedom to self-govern. But freedom is even more complicated than we think in our country. You're actually not totally free. You've got laws. We Oh, and can you go be an NBA player, Bonnie? Are you free to go play in the NBA? I mean, I could try. <laughs> <laughs> it would I'm, be hilarious. I mean, by by virtue of choosing some things, we say no to other things. Mm-hmm. By vir- virtue of the bodies we're born into or, or by the personalities we're given or the intellect, mm-hmm. we're, we can say yes to some things and no to others. Or, or if we don't, we're going to experience a lot of frustration. That's right. right. So I, I think that we conflate that idea, which is great for our country, to something that's not so great when you're talking about the parent-child relationship. Especially
1: a very young child. Right, yeah. I think we just try to do that um, way too early.
0: Yeah, so it's like a funnel. I think we've talked about it
1: before. Mm -hmm. Like
0: your your liberality and freedom is a right side up front
1: funnel. Mm -hmm. Where it's very limited at the bottom Mm -hmm. when they're very youngest. And then as they earn those freedoms and learn how to think for themselves, learn how, learn what society is expecting of them, what you're expecting of them, then the funnel gets wider and then their freedoms get more. Yeah, and you're
0: actually, um, one of the really cool things you get to do is to is to push them towards those freedoms. So something as simple as, uh, do you have the skills to help me put this silverware away from mm-hmm. the dishwasher? Well, I'm gonna push you and, and we're gonna learn how to sort, right? The knives go here, the spoons go here, the forks go here. And just when they can just grasp it and stick it in the drawer. You know, that's when you're wanting to push them to try and do that and cheer them on. And they're not going to do it great and it's going to take three times as long, mm-hmm. which is why we don't do it.
1: <laughs> Generally, yes.
0: <laughs> but your your goal is to push them towards freedom and go, "Hey, can you handle this? Mm-hmm. Let's see if you can. I think you can handle it. Let's see if you can handle it." Yeah. And pull back if they can't and then go forward and pull back and go
1: for it's constant experimenting right i mean we do that naturally with health and safety issues okay we're not going to be allowed to just go run around outside by the pool because i know that you could die so we're okay with that with life and death situations but we're not okay with exploratory situations or just freedoms all around the house or um moral situations for some reason everything else seems to be on the table now yeah and it's not good for the little guys it's
0: not good for the little guys and listen
1: it's not going to be ultimately good for
0: your family yeah and parents you you actually end up resenting your kids you get sick of being around your kids this point in the summer
1: you see that um, a lot online
0: you you see it a lot where parents are like i'm ready for my kids to go back to school that always grieves me Mm -hmm. because I loved being around my kids. We we enjoyed each other. And there was no going back to school. There, school was here. Right. We were together. And um, for that to work well, we had to have synergy. We had to submit to each other. Mm-hmm. And they had to comply in a lot of ways. And yet, they ended up having way more freedoms than their peers. That's
1: what you, yeah.
0: You uh, got to do that on. in every
1: realm of life. You got to yeah. do that with any kind of roommate you're going to have later on. You're yeah. just teaching them what's to come. So as they get older, you do need to start dialog, dialoguing
0: with your kids, ask them questions to see if they're internalizing what you're saying. They can and probably will ask us why questions and you should not immediately shut them down.
1: Right. Uh, If you've taught them well and they've learned how to think and um, question, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid of doubt. You shouldn't be afraid of, of questions. Talk about it. They're individuals they are going to have different ideas than you. I mean think about it. I
0: mean telling a fi- calling a 5-year-old Emma, "Yes mom, I'm coming." She comes, "Go brush your teeth." That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She goes and brushes her teeth, she comes back and finds me. Okay, wonderful. Do I want her to do that 17?
1: No. No, that's not a win. That's <laughs> yeah, that's like um it kind of gives you who the HBGs. It does. At 17, you're kind of like, ooh, like you shouldn't be you should be way past that by you now. You should
0: be way. That's right. That's right. So, an obedient young adult or teenager, preteen even, can seem stuck in a really childish place. So, you're always moving towards that open that big opening at the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. That
1: self-initiative, mm-hmm. self-motivation mm-hmm. Um, where you've planted all that stuff in their hearts when they were really little and now they they know right from wrong and yeah. they can go and do it. So the
0: Dobson Library, which is um, affiliated with Focus on the Family, James Dobson, had an interesting article that uh, delineated three pitfalls to watch for if you have a compliant child, whether by nature or that you've worked on and your children are behaving in compliant ways. And I thought this was interesting because, again, I think it's good, 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 good to have compliance. So let's talk about that.
1: Um Maybe you have just an easy child. They're just happy to do whatever you say. Mm-hmm. They're very pleasant. No ruffles, no waves, and that's just the way they are. Great,
0: that's mm-hmm. awesome. Lucky mm-hmm. you,
1: and lucky, mm-hmm. lucky them. Yeah, but there's another kind of compliance that I really hadn't considered before, and I think that's um, very interesting. That you sort of need to just check in on every now and then. Look, watch for some signs and some red flags.
0: Yeah. So let's read the three and then we'll unpack them. Why don't we do that?
1: Okay. It's really easy to cultivate a long-term dependency relationship with this compliant individual.
0: Okay. That's number one. Number two is the compliant child often has difficulties holding his or her own with their siblings.
1: And number three is the compliant child is more likely to internalize anger and look for ways to reroute it.
0: Ugh, these all sound kind of ominous.
1: <laughs> so let's unta- unpack the well, first one.
0: The, the long-term dependency or codependency, you might have heard it called. This is where the bond between the mother and the child, it can be the father and the child, but a lot of times it's the mother and the child. It's so secure for the child that neither is willing to give it up. But the nature of life is that relationships change. God does not intend for adults and their parents to have the same relationship as they did when their children were small. Mm-hmm. So growth and maturity demand that children wiggle free from their parents' clutches and establish independent lives of their own. The compliant child has a difficult time disengaging from the security of his nest because there's been no conflict. By contrast, the strong-willed child is desperate to get free.
1: I am out of there. They're grabbing that
0: bag of goldfish and dashing out the door. That's right. <laughs> so... um This process by which late adolescents and grown children, air quotes children, are granted their independence is so important that um, Dobson devoted an entire chapter in one of his books to that. So I was always happy when I saw my children exerting independence. I felt like it was a win. Mm -hmm. But I think that's my personality. I don't think that's some big like strong character I have in myself. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm seeing you like stand on your own two feet. You can do your laundry. You can feed yourself oh, yeah. lunch. You can, sure. It felt good for them
1: not to need me. And I but I have seen this weird Yes. It's like what you're describing yes. here, this tendency for parents to kind of grieve that. Yes. And say, Oh, they're they're leaving me and I need that for me. Right. So I'm gonna keep them close and keep doing things for them and keep, you know, I'm not cutting any apron strings.
0: Yeah, I had a conversation with a mom hmm, this summer sometime and she was saying, you know, I've always wanted to be a mom. I love being a mom. I love doing things for my children. And I'm more slow to push them into independence. Mm-hmm. I like doing their laundry. I like cooking for them. Uh-huh. Which is I do too. But, But she was recognizing, I thought was really self aware of her, to just recognize, okay, that's something I need to be aware of. Because I'm going to tend to want them to want me and need me.
1: Right. Right. And that's not good for them. It's not good for them I in mean, the long run. You want to love each other, of course. Yes. You want to yes. come back and see each other once you leave home. But, yeah, it's not good to be so closely tied together that you can't, you just can't function. Mm-hmm.
0: You stay yeah. in the nest forever. Yeah. You don't want that. Uh, that's the child who, um, when they go to college, texts their mom 10 yeah. times a day. Every you know, day. All day long. Uh-huh. And it's the mom who's calling the advisor or the professor on behalf of their child. Like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You know, we right. don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah. You got to push them out. Um. All right. So we just kind of described this family. But in his in Dobson's article, he said, have you seen two child families where one child was a stick of dynamite who blew up regularly and the other was just a sweetheart? And. It's not unusual for the parent to, to, to take for granted that cooperative sibling. Like you said at the beginning, if there's something unpleasant to be done and they're going to ask one child or the other, who are they going to tend to ask?
1: The one that's not going to complain
0: about it. Yeah. The one that they know. Oh, I don't. I just don't want to fight. Yeah. I don't want to fight right now. Right. I'm just going to ask this child because I know they'll just do it.
1: And what does that do? Oh. I mean, don't... do that enough for long enough and the compliant, good, quote unquote, good, easy child is going to feel resentment because mm-hmm. I have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Why do I have to do everything? Which leads to number three is that repressed anger. It's unfair. We can just say that up front to, to f- favor either child. But in this case, the strong-willed child. And it, it really is violating that internal sense of justice that we all have. The consequences of this should be obvious. Even though the compliant child goes along, the resentment's gonna build and gonna build and it'll blow. But either it directed toward the parents, maybe a fractured relationship with their
1: sibling. Yeah, that happens a lot. And there's a lot of families who will just have one kid that's just harder than another. Yes. It's just a personality thing or yep. they're just harder to train or whatever. It just works out that way. And Or, or maybe there's special needs involved. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. And just by the nature of it, more of your time more of your attention more of your even if it's negative attention goes toward that Mm -hmm. the constant blow-ups and oh everyone has to tiptoe around on eggshells because we don't know when this kid's gonna blow up at everybody and make the house a wreck um yeah all the all the family is affected by that and especially i think the siblings who are like hello like i'm over here trying to be good and trying to not stress anybody out or do all the things but i think we see this played out classically in the prodigal son story Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the older brother, you know, who does all the right things. He stays and works at home, and this is from Luke 15. Uh, and then the the other one goes away and blows his inheritance and lives a wild life and comes back, and his dad's just as happy to see him. And the older brother feels what we talked about: resentment and pride, yes, self righteousness. Hey, I've been here following the rules, uh huh,
0: all this time. Right? What the heck? You're throwing a party. <laughs> <laughs>
1: for this, yeah, right. <laughs> and a lot of us can relate to that. Like, we've been here doing all the things we're supposed to do. And I think uh, you don't check in with those easy children who are taking up all that slack all along the time. And it does, it can turn into this festering self-righteousness. Like, I, I'm better. Oh, yeah. I am the good one. I really don't need any forgiveness it's or anything else. really bad place it can to harden, be. It can harden a heart. It really
0: is. And what I thought was interesting is um, that... Uh, the older son in that story, like, he didn't really understand the father's love. I mean, the st- father in that story says, son, everything I have is yours. You're always with me. Mm-hmm. But that love was not getting communicated. Like, he he couldn't understand that love because it was a performance-based yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Oh love for this older son. And then this younger son, this rebel, finally got a little inkling in the back of his mind. Well, like, the servants have food at my dad's house, so... Surely he'll just let me come back and be a servant. Well, he didn't understand the father's love either. Mm-hmm. So we want to be sure we're communicating love. And that actually is intertwined with obedience.
1: Oh, yeah, that's so good. That's so important that the love is shown in, in all sorts of circumstances, especially with a compliant child, that you're not just praising them when they're good. Right. Because they're often good. They're often good. And they're often making your life easy. And they're often decreasing the stress in the home and you you are going to appreciate that so you're going to say it but you need to also let them mess up and love them anyway for that Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep I love you no matter what Mm -hmm. so okay so do we want compliant children I would say yes especially early on when they're young obedience yeah it serves us both the whole family actually yeah it does (laughs) I mean um One of my favorite, favorite verses in scripture. I'm going off script here. It's not in our notes, Bonnie. But um, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey me. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there is something about human nature... When you're walking with Jesus about obeying, even when you don't understand, mm-hmm. that there's understanding that comes on the other side of actually doing something. And I think most of the time, as adults, we just want to understand the why, which sure. with good reason. But um, that's what we're looking for in those first five years. We mm-hmm. want obedience, even if they don't understand, mm-hmm. and the obeying is its own explanation
1: it does teach you so many things, so many deeper truths on the other side.
0: So that's safe when you do it with Jesus, right? When you look at God's word Uh and you see, okay, this is what I need to do. And that's what you have, mom. You have wisdom, you've lived some life, you've got information, you've got knowledge, you've got experience, you've got all this that you need to
1: offer to your child Mm -hmm. in the form of boundaries. Right, we don't want our kids to run out in the world and just obey. Whatever, And I think that's a fear of a lot of parents. I think of, it's the fear. Of why they don't teach obedience or why they think it's a bad word or compliance is a bad, bad word because they don't want them just swept up by any old authority that comes along. Um, so you're teaching trustworthiness, I think, when you're teaching them obedience in the right way. Who can be trusted? How do you discern that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and self-think but I think your easy child though if you're not checking back in with them and letting them off the hook for holding your family together Mm -hmm. keeping the family peace all the time um, that is the child who can leave home and still want to be client uh, compliant in every area with every person Mm -hmm. so that that's a that is a danger it is but that's on you that's on you (laughs) to check in with them yeah and to recognize hey whoa whoa, whoa whoa like i'm not doing them any favors by just keeping them in this compliant box yeah i need to check in with them so what we're moving
0: toward once we've got compliance once we have regular obedience once our kid is characterized by obedience which is eight or nine times out of ten mm-hmm. you know they're responsive to us what we want to do is let them choose see what they choose right you don't want you don't want to be constantly reminding that takes all the joy out of obeying you know you move from from these this instruction-based relationship to them internalizing it and it is a hard transition if you actually do the hard work in the first five years your house is pleasant Mm -hmm. life is wonderful and i didn't want to do it i just wanted to tell them because i knew they'd do it right i knew they would and i had to constantly tell myself don't do that renee don't do that you need to just ask them hey What's next? What are you doing there? Yeah, <laughs> tell me what you're thinking. Put it, put, put it on them. Put it on but them. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's really tempting not to do that. That's right.
1: All right. So let's look at some things that um, your easy child, and we're not talking about the naturally easy child, but a child who is you're calling easy because maybe there's stress in the home, or there's tension in the home, or there's that dynamite stick kid that they're trying to. Um, balance out um what are some of the negative effects of that on those kids
0: well um the compliant child can feel overlooked or actually be overlooked they can um, be taken for granted um, because all of the effort uh, 80 percent of the effort is going into helping correcting reacting to the more explosive
1: child the squeaky wheel gets the grease (laughs) <laughs> right. And, and as we've already said, you might be dumping more chores or tasks mm-hmm. or anything unpleasant on them. So they're going to get resentment. Mm-hmm. They can also be prone to perfectionism mm. because they're learning performance. Performance is good. Performance is how I'm loved. Performance is i'm judged and what goes along with perfectionism is depression and anxiety
0: mm-hmm. we don't know anything about that doing
1: since there i
0: mean i've just read it i
1: know a friend of mine knows about that sure <laughs> so they're always they're like trapped by this desire to cooperate and please mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm.
0: they could feel the weight of keeping the family peace so um Watching their sibling be in constant conflict with their parents teaches them to avoid conflict and earn approval instead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tired, re- exhausted, relieved parents who are like, hey, at least one child's this way, not both chi- children, or only one child's that way, um, not all of my children, might label the child for their sweetness. You know, you're, you're my little Miss Sunshine. You're my mm-hmm. sweetheart. And it, it could be burdensome.
1: To have that to thats have that Now label. that's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to be the sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I have to be the, this mm-hmm. is who I'm supposed to be all the time. Um, like you said, they might view conflict as bad, causing them to avoid it altogether by withdrawing, humor, apologizing mm-hmm. unnecessarily all the time.
0: They may just not express their feelings. They just may be giving you a break. Mm-hmm. You might have to tease it out. Um, don't get lazy. Yeah with that child who's just kind of seeming to coast along and maybe there's not anything big, but you need to just check in.
1: Yeah. I think checking in is a huge and easy, Mm -hmm. just remind yourself, check on your easy kid. Mm -hmm. Hey, is there anything going on? Are you feeling anxious about anything at home right now? Or just ask those questions, like help them name some feelings.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: Let let them feel seen. The feelings wheel. Get you one. Get you one. (laughs) The feelings wheel. Are you dividing your kids into the good kid and bad kid? Scenario, mm-hmm. even in your head, mm. because what you're thinking in your head is what's going to come out mm-hmm. in your actions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, in, um, at least in our house, depending on your kids' ages, they're going to trade roles. Like sometimes there's an easy one. Sometimes oh, there's yeah. one that's going through something. And cut, you know, let a year go by and they're going to be opposite. So that's normal.
0: Yeah. By the grace of God, that was usually back and forth.
1: Yeah. For us. <laughs> usually not everybody at once. No. But no. they can flip flop. Um,
0: Another thing you want to consider is, are you relying on your easy kid to make your life easier? Now, I mean, there are really hard and terrible things that families go through. They go through death of a spouse or a close family member. They go through divorce, where you are going to have an abnormal amount of um, relying on one another. But you don't want to be characterized. That's what you want to always go back to as you're parenting. You want to just go like, okay, what am I actually characterized by? Okay, Mm -hmm. this season's been really, really hard. But am I generally characterized by relying on my child to do the job of an adult?
1: Mm-hmm. They're not an adult. Right. Are they feeling like they have to keep you from being sad? Or, or am I responsible for keeping mom from being stressed? Or, yeah, any of, any mm, of the things. That's, that's not their That's not their job. Mm-hmm. That's too much mm-hmm. for a kid to have to, to carry. Um, compliant kids do not often stay that way. So those feelings that we talked about will build. And eventually, a lot of times, they can openly rebel. Yikes. Um, yeah, and it'll kind of explode, quote unquote, out of nowhere. But if you've checked in on them and like seen them and heard them, that's less likely to happen.
0: Um. Yeah, and it just, especially with your compliant girls, like you don't, you don't want them getting in relationships as they get into the teenage years where they don't speak their mind Mm -hmm. you really need to encourage your young women especially um when they're with young men who are in prime risk-taking years because of that (laughs) testosterone dump Mm -hmm. um that they need to have a voice and that they need to speak up right and that you you're you don't just comply you need to from everything from where you want to go on a date to even more serious yeah think about the implications
1: of that if they've done that year after year after year mm-hmm. after year at home what they're learning there mm-hmm. and it and
0: it, you can just coach them you know as you see how they interact with their friends even their girlfriends or the guys that they're around you can say hey you know i i think you need to use your voice a little more you're
1: allowed to have an opinion you're allowed, so
0: let you want to role play that let's just walk through that that's great idea and let's let me just show you how that might look
1: yeah for, for sure and communicate like we talked about love 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 no matter mm-hmm. what um whether they have feelings that might cause conflict or whether yeah. they cause conflict it's okay conflict is not a bad thing we just work through it and this is how we do it
0: yes conflict re- resolution is always always a win um it's inevitable actually oh in God. a in a we don't want to stepford wives family exactly. right isn't that the show where they it's creepy they were like per- the perfect wives, yes. no conflict ever yes. yeah that's not a real relationship um so yeah i i think that i think we've covered most of them mm-hmm. don't you think yeah it's a lot of things to consider i feel like we've we've dumped a lot on you in this episode i don't want you to feel dumped on but no. it's a it's a nuanced topic
1: it is so yeah basically obedience is not a bad word check on your easy kid Make sure they're not um, easy because they're trying to do something for you. Mm -hmm. Make sure they're okay. And then um, remember Jake and Justin at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like pay attention to your easy kid and the ways that they're rebelling too. So be sure, think of the prodigal son parable and be sure your rebellious
0: child and your compliant child both know the depth of your love for them. Exactly. Amen to that. So, this was a good one. Woo,
1: there's a lot in there. There was a lot
0: in there. This was I think this was your idea, Bonnie. Thanks for... Coming up with this one. Um, more information on this will be on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And we're on Facebook at just ask your mom and on Instagram at just ask your mom podcast.
1: Go ahead and rate the podcast and leave us a review if you're listening, and better yet, subscribe so you can get each new Monday episode. If you have questions or topic suggestions, we would love to hear them at just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on just, just ask your mom. mom.